Flex Your Freedom. I'm your host, Barb Allen. And whether you know it or not, you have more than likely encountered today's guest in some format on some platform because when you see pictures of celebrities, musicians, news people sometimes, or maybe just your local realtor or your professional, it's if they're in one of these areas, what are they? New York, DC, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Nashville, and probably all around the rest of the country as well. People fly in and work with this guy, Barry Morgenstein. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and for sharing in advance. I'm going to thank you for sharing some of the insight you have because you struck out and built a profession and a path and a flourishing career in one of the toughest cities out there, which is New York. And you've been through all of its ebbs and flows and dynamics and COVID and all that stuff, and you're still standing. Um, so it's going to be super fun to talk to you, get some insight from you, and of course, talk about the way that you support our veterans and our law enforcement officers, which is obviously very near and dear to my heart. So thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Happy to meet you finally. Yeah, I know. We were just talking a minute ago and that our circles overlap in so many areas. And I think this is, this is something that runs true for so many people. The world feels so big, but when you find yourself working in a certain community, that world kind of dwindles. And that community can be national or larger, but you all tend to kind of kind of gravitate to the same people and the same threads and all that. And so I've seen you. I've seen you around. I've seen Great. you around, man. <laughs> yeah, a lot of mutual so. friends. Yeah, really. It's fun to connect. All right. So let's start first, because you really do have one of, to my knowledge anyway, one of the most thriving, successful, accomplished careers in, in photography, in particular headshots that, you know, that I know of. And the fact that you've built that in New York City, which has a tendency to chew people up and spit them out, right? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I mean, uh, I just that, spit back. That's all. <laughs> there you go. I love it, right? But not that that could be really terrifying to people or overwhelming, or they'll say, I'm not even gonna try it. Or you picture that young kid like, Mom, I'm gonna go to New York and make this living for myself. And she's like, Well, you're crazy. I'll see you back here in six months, you know. And right. and, and that that's the I think that's the go-to for people because it seems so impossible. And um, you know, not everybody's going to make it. Not people are going to come to New York or any other large city or any and and fall and fail and go home. So let's let's talk about that first. Your path to doing what you're doing in one of the most I don't know in one of the toughest cities to make it happen. Right, the toughest for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. I, well, you know, I guess I've been lucky and just uh, been determined and stuck to uh, what I want to do, the, what I love. And uh, I didn't let negativity bring me down. I didn't let rejection stop me. You just have to keep going and just keep fighting. Or rejection sometimes makes you stronger because obviously in the beginning you get a lot of rejection. Like a lot of people with actors, musicians, you know, same with photographers. People say, well, you're not going to make it. But, so that just kind of pisses you off a little and just makes you stronger. And just I was determined and I guess I did okay. I guess, I guess you did do okay is a little yeah. bit of an understatement. I guess I did all right. Yeah, I guess it's an <laughs> understatement. Uh, so but so how old were you? Like, did you did you just love photography growing up? Was it your passion? I'm no, trying to... No, no, no. Actually, it's, it's funny. Um, I, I love music. I was into music, and I, okay. I, I, play, I play guitar. I didn't get into photography until probably early 20s. 
Uh, I even took a photography class in school, high school, and I wasn't interested. I think I just, uh, all I accomplished was driving my teacher a little bit crazy. So she, I always wanted to go back and visit her and tell her what I did because she'd probably get a kick out of it. But yeah, so it was basically, I had a love for music and that's kind of what led me to photography is I realized I wasn't going to have a career as a guitar player. I wasn't talented enough. I just loved it. But uh, I, I was in a band in my early 20s and I picked up a camera and started photographing my friends in the band and the singer who happened to be my girlfriend at the time, I started photographing her and the fellow musicians. And I realized my love for music, I had this eye, I knew how to capture them. So I kind of, so, so music is kind of what led me into the photography. And I just uh, kind of took it from there. I got a job with a big rock and roll photographer in New York and uh, as an assistant. And then after two years went on my own. And so, yeah, that's how it happened. All right. So let's unpack a lot of the stuff that you said there, because doing what we do and even from our own experience, you know, I ha I come from a family. I have six brothers and sisters and um, I think the six of them, maybe my, I have a twin brother. And so we kind of apply the same philosophy to life, even though we do it in completely different ways, but they're all like steady solid schedules, regular paycheck. Like they, they love that. That's their world. They love it. They feel comfortable in it. They're doing well in it. You know, whether they're teachers or they work for a corporation or a medical profession, whatever it is, they're like structured. Their lives are structured. And right. to me, that feels smothering. Like they find their freedom in that life. To me, right. that feels like, like a jail, right? right? So I find my freedom doing what, doing what we're doing, but it's not an easy path to take. And no. you well, sought out, like, challenge, for sure. yeah, like you didn't want to, um, I, I like that you were all in on the music. That was where you felt it. But just because you said, you know, you had that moment where, Hey, I'm not going to make it in music, but here's this other thing I love. You were open to the potential. You didn't just say, well, I'm not going to make it in music. I may as well go, you know, work for minimum wage or a corporate job. Like you didn't just give up on living a life that fulfilled you. You were right. open. So I think that's a really important distinction to make for people that just because one path that you think you're going to go down doesn't pan out doesn't mean you have to just give up entirely and surrender and say, well, I gave it a shot. Like I'm never going to do anything. Right. Like what, what was it then? How did you then get that job that working for working as that assistant? Because even that's a big step. Like a lot of people would say, okay, I'm good at taking pictures of these, of my band members. That's cool. Right. But still do nothing with it. So, you know, you, you went from this step to that step to that step. And at every one of those steps is where people fall out. You right. know, so does that make sense? Like, so, yeah, you know, yeah. I, try, I tried, you know, I worked, my dad was, a, he had a he had a shoe importing company. I, I worked for him for a summer and I realized, and my brother worked for him. And I'm, this is just, I'm not an office guy. I'm not a, like you said, nine to five guy. And I was always more creative. Um, and uh, so I, I just knew when I, I worked for retail, tried that. And then when I was in my early twenties and it's just not my, my lifestyle. So, um, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know, just uh, I was determined to do something creative. And I actually, I think I knew right away, I had a feeling that photography was going to be my, my path. That's through my love for music. I knew I had the eye for it. And I just, it just, no, no looking back. I just went for it and I, I was lucky. Did people you know? have any opinion to offer you when you told them that? That you were uh, yeah, I always remember a, a friend of my my parents. <laughs> she's um, she she said, "Oh, don't don't do photography. There's too many photographers out there." And I always remember that as like, a, and I could have I could have taken that as a, and that could have turned me off and say, "Oh, maybe I shouldn't do that." But luckily, I ignored that 
bit of advice and uh, you know so yeah so people same thing again like trying to be a musician or an actor people might say well you better have something to fall back on so but my parents, my parents great. i'm sorry yeah it's not a bad idea to have something to fall back it on is, have something in your back pocket like that's always yeah. a good idea to have that good back idea i just didn't do it but i was definitely i was lucky so uh you know, but in the beginning, so in the very beginning, I was just determined. I just, I always remember a story. There was a, I was watching the news in New York and they were featuring this famous fashion photographer. I remember his name, Stephen Mizell. And I was looking at this guy. He had like long jet black hair and he was photographing this beautiful model and he was playing rock and roll really live. And I'm like, I'd like to do that. You know, so, and I, so I called, I actually called up the news station and I got the lady who was covering the story and I got her on the phone, which she was kind of surprised. I said, Hey, you know, who was that guy? Do you have, can I, I would like to call his studio, see if he needs an assistant. And I actually, she gave me his studio number and I actually called him up and he, he came to the phone and he's, he's a famous photographer. And, um, and he was kind of, he was impressed that, that I took the time to call the news station, track him down. Uh, yeah. you know, at the time he didn't need anybody, but he probably, I think he gave me a little advice and he was very gracious. And so, I was just determined to kind of do what I wanted to do. So I went after it. Did you wind up, is that the guy you wind up working for? No, then? Then, then the other guy, and then again, he, he didn't have any right. available, you know, he didn't need an assistant basically. So yeah, I ended up with another guy, a rock and roll photographer, uh, Mark Weiss. He was a big uh, photographer, um, concert photographer, all the rock and roll magazines, but he eventually started sending me out on uh, shooting live concerts and he let me use the studio and learn there. So I built up a portfolio and, and uh, um, contacts in the record business and just went on my own after two years. Was that the understanding when you started working with him that you were going to work for him and you know be an asset to him, but all the time you were learning so that you could go out on your own or did you just decide to go out on your own? I think I just decided to go out on my own. I mean, in the beginning, it was just going to be his assistant, but he did start, he started an agency and he started shoot, uh, sending me out for photo shoots. And uh, maybe he didn't think I was going to leave so soon. I think he was a little disappointed. because I was going to say, was he a little yeah, bummed? So, I yeah, asked so. because we have a, a friend of ours who um, we work closely with, and he's really talented as well, super talented mm -hmm. uh, photographer. He um, has moved into art. He's an artist you know, now, painting and all that. But he remembers his days of running a studio where he did headshots and he would train these assistants. He's like, I'd pour everything into them and I would train them and then they would just leave and then they'd want to be my competition and go out on my own. And he's like over yeah. and over and over again. So uh, I was wondering if that was kind of a similar situation yeah. and, and how you dealt with it. And I did the music for a while too, but as you know, but then the, that eventually I, I, that led me to the headshot. So that, yeah. that is not something he didn't do. So uh, yeah, we went our different paths, I guess. So I, I really found paths. my real specialty was the headshot. So. Yeah. I touch on that because I, again, I'm going to keep hammering on all these places where that might become stopping points for people when you're in the path and now you've develop the skills and you've learned that you love it and you really want to go out on your own, but that's another place that some people might stop a, because they're afraid to go out on their own and everything right. that entails, there's no, no safety net to catch you. If you fall, no one to blame or turn back on, but B you might feel like your obligation to that person outweighs your obligation to yourself, right. To, to go follow your path. So that's why I wanted to right. touch on that as well to show up. Are you still in touch with that guy today? Did you stay in touch? No. Not no. really. No. Not Everyone really. has a season, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> See, yeah, I'm just asking because I like I just like to break this down into into really digestible steps for people and tear apart because it is so hard to go out there, and I hate seeing people just give up when they hit. Uh, an uncomfortable situation or something that's scary or, or something along those lines. So you started photog uh, photography in the music industry and then that just kind of took you off. And all this time you're in New York, like are you living in an apartment on your own? Are you crashing? Yeah, well, actually, I, really did, I started off in, I live and still live in New Jersey and I started off living in New Jersey and I worked out of a studio in Montclair, New Jersey. So I was a home slash studio. So I was there for about 17 years before I actually got a studio in New York. And I really built up my reputation and I realized for what I do, I had to be in New York. You know, that's where all the professionals were, the actors, the newscasters, you know. You know, so that's, that's yeah, I ended up having a studio and I've been there for about 20 years. Wow. So now there's so, so many people popping up their headshots on or on websites or bios or, you know, whether it's their personal website or their social media page or on Times Square, their pictures <laughs> popping up and all that. And I feel like, a lot of those are probably your work. Yeah, you know, sometimes you could see it on billboards or the back of buses, uh, you know, yeah. the news people you might see. I, you know, a great moment for me was once I was sitting in traffic in New York and there was a bus right in front of me. And on the back of the bus was my, my photo of uh, two newscasters. And then I looked in my rear view mirror and there was another bus behind me and my photo was on the front of the bus. <laughs> so I'm looking at my photo in front of me and in back of me. So that was kind of a cool uh, moment. That's freaking awesome. I don't know that I've ever heard anyone start a story with a great moment for me as I was sitting in traffic. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. That's a good point. That's, that's a really good uh, traffic moments in New York. When I'm, <laughs> when I'm not cursing at people, I was actually happy that moment. <laughs> really, really. It has to be a good moment for anybody to, to turn sitting in traffic into a good thing. Right. I think anyway. All right. So then how did you build up your network? Because there's, again... I think people overlook or try to try to um, jump ahead of the path to success, and, and that is building relationships as well. Some people just want to kind of leapfrog right to the top and expect people, hey, like like hey Barry, oh you know all these people? Could you call like Tucker Carlson for me and get me oh, on a show, like that kind of thing? You know, <laughs> yeah. you get that, right? especially Tucker specifically. It's funny you said that. People, yeah. yeah, I get that request a lot. Yeah. And I imagine, I've, right? So how do you, how would you explain to someone what are, I mean, I don't know if you're just like, no, you know, up yours, I'm not using, you know, <laughs> but, but how do you kind of, how do you make somebody understand in a way that they actually take the lesson in and absorb it and learn from you that look, just because you can't, your network and people trusting you with their contact information is trust. Like you can't just spill it and right. just put it out there to the world because like, that's yeah. a you know they're not entrusting you with their information for that right, right? so right. how how would you explain that to somebody that you know your network is your network and and that's not that's not like a commodity to be given right. away I just say no. I'm not calling Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I get you. I hear you. Yeah, I, no, I, no, I'll I, explain. I, I'll, like you said, I'll explain to them. Say, look, you know, these are, they, they trust me. That's one of the reasons why a lot of people use me is because is because well, I guess hopefully because I'm good at what I do. But right. also, I'm I'm very laid back, but I'm also very I'm very professional, and uh, I don't take advantage of uh, I guess their their fame. And I, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm very I'm very private with them too. I guess I'm very uh, like trying to think of the word is I'm just very uh respectful of their of their privacy 
So I would never, do, I would never do that. But you know, there there is a few times somebody could come to me too. Um, getting to what we're probably going to talk about is you know my support for military and veterans. Right. And a few times I have some people have come to me some with some very important things, maybe to help out a veteran. Um, or and so I've gotten them on on the on news shows. If I thought it was something very important and it was somebody I knew in the news and I thought they were going to be interested in the in the story, and if it was important, then I might do it. But that's yeah, a different but that's a different thing. Like, hey, right, that's completely Tucker's different producer right. or the fives producer or whoever it is. So right. like reach out to a producer and say, Hey, here's the link. I met this person. Do you think you guys might be interested? That's like a different right. story than saying and then, I'll, then I'll do it. But yeah, like, but like you said, I'll get some unreasonable things, you know, I oh I'd like you know, I'd like you know, send my music to so and so or you know, I'd like to you know <laughs> maybe you, you could know, have well, it like playing in your studio while the person's coming in for a headshot and if they're like, right. Hey, this is a good music and then you <laughs> right. go, like, Oh yeah, that's right. a client, you know. Uh, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, there's different ways. But how would you then so say 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 you are somebody who is teaching somebody the power of building your network and, mm-hmm. and how you cultivate and preserve those relationships and the impact they have. Like what would be some advice for somebody who like say say you're out somewhere and somebody meets a star that they're they've been followed and they love mm-hmm. and the door would you go rushing up to them and try to get the selfie and then expect that you're gonna like be bffs and they're gonna call you the next day or like how could you take an opportunity like that and use it to crack the door to building a relationship well definitely not being pushy like that i think you know anybody I've come across, I, I think anybody feel everybody feels comfortable with me. Cause I'm just kind of a regular guy. I'm like, like, you know, I'm not over the top or just, I mean, I just, you have to be yourself. I think I'm just a regular guy and that's what they appreciate about me, you know, yeah. but you certainly want to just be, you know, be polite and just, uh, you know, if I do have somebody come in the studio, I, they're just so comfortable with me. Cause uh, you know, I'm not like, Oh my God, it's, you know, you or whatever, just, you know, just, yeah, yeah. we're just hanging out. <laughs> Just, you know, we just hang out and talk or whatever. So that makes them feel comfortable, I believe. Yeah. Same. Uh, I am the same way. I have this life that has just been a little bit bizarre. And all of a sudden I'll walk, I'll be in a room and somebody like a, you know, celebrity status or someone famous, or maybe it's a professional athlete and I don't follow and I don't even know who that person is. Um, mm-hmm. But then somebody will say to me, Hey, that's so-and-so. I, I have no problem just talking to them like a everyday person, right? right? For me, it's when I've met people like the Medal of Honor recipients or someone like like the Benghazi guys that I'm I am like a like a little like whew, like I get more nervous <laughs> like meeting somebody well, yeah. um, who it's- I just hold in such huge it's right. just massive respect for what they've done and what they've been through. Uh, I, I haven't that's been, exactly how I am. Yeah, I've been I've been known to get a little tongue tied when I at the the first person I interviewed that I was really scared of was um, John Tigan, Tig Tigan, uh, you know, one of the He's a great guy. I was yeah. like petrified to interview him because <laughs> I was just, I just had such enormous respect and I connected so much with their story and the betrayal mm-hmm. that they experienced and the adversity they face. And I, uh, I was so nervous to, to interview him and he was just such a nice guy, you know, and I've since gone on to interview him a lot of other people that I might otherwise have been nervous to interview, but it is, it is fun, isn't it? When you are able to just, I think people appreciate when you just look at them like a, like a person and like, you're not talking to that personality or that persona or whatever. You're just connecting on Mm -hmm. a, on a human basis. I think it means a lot to people. 
Yeah. And uh, kind of going back to what you said now, in the beginning of my career, I was like, my goal was, oh my God, I want to meet Mick Jagger and Jimmy Page or whatever. It's like, but now I'm more impressed with the guys from Benghazi, yeah. Medal of Honor recipients. That's who I'd love. You know, I would love to get Rob O'Neill in my studio. He's my, you know, people, somebody like that. I oh, just really? like, and, uh, and one of the, one of the first, uh, I actually um, photographed the Benghazi guys and I've gone on to be pretty good friends with all three of them, especially Chris with me and him are good buddies. He's, so I just interviewed him like a month oh, ago. Did. Oh um, my god! And it, took the best? Me, it took me three years to get that interview. <laughs> oh wow! You should have called me. I would have texted him and said, "Do that interview." <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because we laughed about it, and he's like, "You know, I don't think he was in a different space, and I was in a different space." So I think the right. timing was perfect that I just that I just oh. interviewed him. What a great great guy! I can't, I'd, like to, I'd like to see that, but yeah. Well, so they came to my studio. Uh, I was hired by their. I guess PR company yeah. right before the, I think it was when the book came out, but the movie hadn't come out yet. Okay. <clears throat> so they weren't really known, but I remember that they were all just, I was in awe. I know who they were. I was in awe of being, having them in my student. I was so happy and excited to have them there. And uh, again, just like all three great guys. And I always, I remember Chris had this great personality and I remember I said to him, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be famous one day, you know, not, just for your, for your, not only for what his heroics, he's obviously a hero, but he just has this great outgoing person. He has just such a good personality. And he, and I was right. He just, you know, he's a great spokes. I've seen him speak numerous times and, uh, but he's humble, yeah. you know, like, you know, again, like you go back to musicians, you know, I have no patience for musicians or actors who have very big egos. Cause then you meet somebody like these three guys right. or, or metal art and they're all, you know, always like the nicest people the most humble people that you know, you want to meet you know they don't like to be called heroes but even though i insist that i call them that because that's what they are so, yeah well, but, i don't like, it, I don't like it when they call me ma'am either but they still do it just very polite and very you know just a gentleman that's that's just, you know and they're also a lot of fun great guys you yeah know, yeah you know they are yeah, so, that's but, fun uh, see small world another small world story yeah right. yeah so share with us a moment and you don't have to name names. I know just doing what we do. I've had some interviews with some guests that I am literally like, oh, oh, this is torture, you know, not what I thought it was going to be because either whatever the reason we just didn't click. Sometimes there's no synergy or whatever. And so like for me to interview a guest, we have to be able to kind of like work off each other. Right. And so right. I'm imagining the same as when you're shooting somebody, right? Like you have to be able to get that person to relax and to trust oh, in you and to show themselves and that spark and that spirit, that moment that you're looking Absolutely. to capture. Has there been somebody once more than once that you just couldn't make that connection with for whatever reason that you were like in the session and you're like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> like, God, this is a struggle. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, sure. That, that, that happens. I guess I, I couldn't even think of specific names. Luckily I've been lucky. It doesn't happen yeah. a lot. But there's definitely some times, you know, you just, I gotta, you know, I gotta get through the shoot. It's like, this is, this is a tough one. It's like, uh, you know, one, you know, one I did, it was a soap opera actress. I, I'll never forget. And, you know, she, I started shooting her and she was like, I guess she didn't like the wardrobe that the, the wardrobe people brought and she just broke down and started sobbing in the middle of the shoot. <laughs> I was like, you know, kind of. Of course, I won't say it. it was just, I don't no, know. No, you don't have to say, it's, yeah. It's yeah, better without the name. It's better without the name. It's like, okay, you know, just, it was very awkward and you don't know what to do. So, but that's rare. That's rare stuff. Like you deal with people that are, you know, just a little, not so easy to work with, but. 
I've been lucky. Most of my people have been great. Yeah, I just know that it's hard because you want to do your best by them, right? Like you want oh, to, yeah, 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 you want no. to, yeah, you want them to look the best, uh, and uh, want them to be comfortable. And again, you know, my studio is very relaxed. We always play music in my studio. Uh, we have candles going. Always smells good. <laughs> you know, just but it, you know, we just have fun between me and my makeup artist and my team. Yeah. We're just like we just hang out. We talk. We have a good time. I was interested in what everybody does, whether. If they're musicians, I'll ask them because I love music. I'll ask who's their favorite, their big influences are, and we'll talk music. I love movies and acting. If it's an actor, I'll find out who their favorite actors or movies are, what their influences are. Yeah. Um, and the military people, you know, we have a lot. I love, I love American history. I love military history. So, and I've, as you know, I admire those people. So I have a great respect. So I think yeah. that comes across. So, so they feel comfortable. All right, so let's get into that then. Um, you are a strong supporter of the military, law enforcement, yeah. and all that. How right. did, why? Like, you know, a lot of people oh, yeah. who don't serve have no connection to it, feel yeah, no, disconnected yeah. from it, right? So, right, yeah, no, I've never, I never, I never served in the military. I just, uh, I think it's kind of like as I changed over the years when I, when I was, you know, I grew up in the 70s and uh, 60s and 70s, and I was a rock and roll kind of hippie ish type, you know, a little more different on the political, you know, you know, <laughs> aisle, I guess, you know, I was a little more to the left, I guess, as you know, a lot of young people are yes. uh, not to get political, but you know, but I actually oh, think change. Political if you oh, want okay, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I was very liberal and uh, actually my moment change is very clear is um, uh, 9-11 is what changed me. I became a, okay. uh, it was almost instant. I, I became very conservative very pro military, very pro law enforcement. And I, it was a kind of almost like an awakening for me. It was like, uh, you know, I just, everything changed for me and I just became such a big supporter and became very involved politically too, very outspoken, uh, like our good friend, Chris, you know, so yeah. it gets, it gets me in trouble too sometimes, but, uh, yeah, I've just always, uh, you know, I've always just, I, I just love the military. I just, and I'm involved with law enforcement too, supporting them, whatever I can, you know, my, my, I always say, I'd like to be the Gary Sinise of photography, <laughs> you know, which I just admired him and I've, I've met him and photographed him too. Um, I just don't have his fame and power that he has. So I have to do it on a smaller scale. You know, maybe I'll do it. Okay. I photograph gold star mothers, gold star wives or gold star families for free. I don't charge them. Uh, I give discounts to veterans. Uh, so that's my small way of giving right. back. And I, and I volunteered for different, you know, for Gary Sinise Foundation. Um, Do you for, know uh, his foundation just took over uh, an event, an organization called Snowball Express? And no, I don't know that. Snowball, so Snowball Express is an organization. It was started, I'm going to say, somewhere around 2007, maybe 2006. I don't remember, but it was the first or second Christmas after my husband was killed. I had the four little boys. They were six, five, three, and one when my husband oh, wow. was killed in Iraq. And right. so Christmas is hard to, you know, it's hard. Uh, the holidays, it's hard when you're right. grieving someone and you're alone. So the Snowball Express was an organization that reached out and flew families of the fallen to Disney. Uh, oh no, not to Disney, oh. that year, to, to California. I am uh, aware that, that. I just thought that was the name, right. So, right. So that those first few years, it was out to California and we went to the Disney out there and just got together for some holiday spirit to meet people in person and all that. And it became this thing that was really important to me and my boys, that organization, the That's people right. in it raised my kids sort of. And so mm -hmm. 
and you know, in a lot of ways, they became mentors to me and my kids, and it's worked out. Great, solid friendships. People have become family relationships. Oh, that's amazing. But Gary Sinise just took that over a couple, a few years ago. Yeah. Okay. I think maybe I did though, but that's that's fancy and stuff like that. That's exactly. Yeah. I he I took that, that over, and now they yeah. go to Disney in Florida. Right. Right. And I know he does the, um, I forget what it's called too, when he takes the World War II vets to the uh, memorial. Oh, the honor the, flights. Yeah. Honor flights. And the I always wanted flights. to go into one of those. That's like, I would love to have done that or to do that. But yeah, that's so, he's my inspiration too. So I, you know, I like to try to, yeah. uh, you know, on a smaller scale, what I can do. He's out there. But you know what? Everybody, if we all just sat back and said, well, I can't be on Gary Sinise's scale, so I'm just not going to bother to do anything then where yeah, would we be, right? Like, yeah, we're not right. all going to have the Gary Sinise platform, right. but you doing right. what you're doing, your ripple you effect. You, you probably don't even have any idea of the ripple effect of the support that you've had, whether it's the just the emotional support. Maybe, say, the day the Benghazi guys came to your studio, and there, maybe it was a day that they got to just relax and unwind and breathe, and that got them through to the next day where they could, and they mm-hmm. remember that, oh, my God, remember when we went to that studio and had that moment, and then, their ripple effect at other people. It could be something small like that, or it could yeah. be a headshot that somebody can't afford to have taken, but mm-hmm. they really need. And so you're giving them this professional tool out of the because you want to help them, and you're giving right. them this tool that they're then using to use on their one sheet or whatever it is, and that helps them get the job that they're looking for. And then that ripple effect goes. Like you just can't under underplay. Yeah, I hope so. I hope you're right. That would be that would make me feel good if that's true. Yeah, it, it definitely has to be true. You can't underplay yeah. the impact it has. Maybe even uh, somebody super famous who has insecurity issues and mm-hmm. was really anxious about coming to your studio and you help them relax and right. kind of connected with them in a way. You just can never, I, I could probably sit here for half an hour and go on in different ways that you may have overlooked the impact that you make because I think we all tend to do that. We tend to dismiss the impact that we could have because it's not the impact that we want to have, that we're aiming to have, right? Right. Well, I appreciate so. that. Thank you. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. It's, it's one of my, I actually really, it's fun to do that, to sit down and dissect and, and go through all that. So if you do that, I'm going to challenge you to do that later today. I'm going to challenge everybody listening to think about the ways that they come in touch with people <laughs> and all the little ripple effects. Think about the things that have impacted you that right. people may not know about, right? Right. That, right. Maybe you were just in a shit mood one day and someone did something cool for you and that just helped you do something cool for somebody else and on it right. goes, right? So the same goes in, in reverse, right? Yeah. Well, that's go, kind of goes back to what we were saying about being outspoken yeah. about politics and, you know, I, you, know, you get attacked for that too. And, you know, but yeah. people say, well, maybe you shouldn't do that because it might hurt your business. And That's uh, what I was just going to ask you next. Okay. <laughs> Good segue. Yeah. But yeah, so, yeah. but well, okay, so it's... You know, it, in some ways it does. I'm sure there, there's, I've had people say, well, I'm not going to work with you because you, whatever, you're, you know, you're conservative, you support Trump or big military or law enforcement supporters. I'm the, and I'm, but once in a while I'll get a, a message, which I have some messages, uh, private messages from maybe a gold star mom or a veteran. And they'll say how much you, you help me or, you know, how, we appreciate your support. And to me that outweighs Right. Maybe somebody getting angry at me because I happen to be a patriot. You know, sorry, right. deal with it. I know. Okay, maybe not the smartest business move, but uh, it's. No, mm-hmm. I would disagree. I think it is. I think what, if you try to please everybody, then you're not serving anyone. You know, right. so I think if you dial into your niche and look, these are the people I serve, and right. and that's it. You're not going to turn your back if somebody walks in your door and says, "Hey, 
I'm, I don't agree with your politics, but would you take my vote, my headshot? Would you turn them away? No, of course not. Correct. No. So see, that's like right. you're not, yeah. you're not, right. you're, you're right. not discriminating. If they right. choose to discriminate, that's on them. Which is usually the way it is too. That's right. usually, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know? I have, I have encountered that myself, Dave and I have, and the work that we do, it is insane, insane. People don't want to be a part of, or they'll be like, oh my gosh, I like what you're doing. You're working for nonprofits. You do, oh wait, you're on the concern. You believe in this right. or that. You voted for right. who? No, they're out. They're just right. out. So I have a fun, if we have time, I have a quick funny story. I had an ahead, email, email from, from a, um, an actress in New York and she wrote me an email booking a headshot session and she was all excited. Oh, I love your work and this and that. And uh, we booked it. I got a deposit from her, a date. I think two days later, I got an email from her saying, you know, after doing more research, I'm going to have to cancel our, our headshot session. And that was kind of it. No other details, but I knew exactly right away. I knew what was going on. So I kind of, I wrote back, well, you know, what, what was the, what research did you do that you made you change your mind? And I decided just kind of give it a little, little nudge because I know how they, they, they are and how you can get to them. So I signed my name with a little American flag. <laughs> just a little, and somebody told me that was going to trigger her. So she wrote back, and she couldn't contain herself. She wrote back and she wasn't specific, but she said, by the way, I saw you put an American flag and I just want you to know I'm a patriot too. And I'm then this and that starts like going on this. I'm like, I'm like, well, okay. She said, I just don't happen to agree with, you know, and she started going through this whole rant about not, a, you know, I see people on your website that I can see we don't agree politically. And I wrote back, you know, I said, well, you know, that's the difference between my side and your side. My, you know, I, your side, you're judging me. You don't know me because you, okay. You don't want to work with me because I'm a patriot because I love the country and I'm pro military and, love our law enforcement. I said, that's up to you. I said, but you know, I would never, we, our side would never do that to you. If why we don't agree with you politically, I'm not going to not do business with you, you know? So basically, so yeah, it's just, it's just, I got a kick out of it though. And how quickly I triggered, I, I you know, it's kind of fun kind of giving them a little needling or whatever. So, it, can, yeah. it can be fun sometimes. I guess <laughs> it is. Turn it it into is. A game we know how to trigger them. So yeah. So I, I get stuff like that, but you know, but, but I'm also, I'm the go-to guy, in the conservative movement and news and, you know, veterans know to come to me. So it makes me feel good. Yeah. You have developed that, that name for yourself, that reputation. Which which means everything to me. That's, that's, you know, you know, I love actors. I love musicians. I love love everybody come to me, but if that's really going to be the focus, you know, of the, the, the veterans and that makes me happy. What is it about Rob O'Neill that you would like, and you, I can't, it's, I would have just assumed that you would have met him given the circle. No, I haven't. I've been trying. I've been getting the word out there. Well, you know, he's, he's yeah. shopping loud and doesn't get better than that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. So that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Where- but, you know, it's not just uh, that any, you know, I love medal of honor uh, recipients. I would love yeah. to get in the studio. Those, those are my, my goal too, you know, so just anybody like that. I, I just love met so many. I just love shooting Navy SEALs, you know, the Marines, you know, they, they've always been the greatest. I have a Marine Corps friend who has become like family. His his name is, well, he goes by Monsoon. We all know him by Monsoon. Uh, <laughs> actually, my kids, we just named a puppy after him, right? Oh, um, but, you know, his real name is William or Bill, but he was the Gulf War and Vietnam War, and he went on to become California's Teacher of the Year twice, like that kind of guy, right? Oh, nice, he's yeah. a freaking character. He's a pain in the ass and all this, but I think you'd love him. Like I should, next time he comes, I should bring him down. And, oh, that'd and, be great. Uh, meet him because 
he's a piece of work. You you would never forget meeting him and shooting him for sure. Well, that'd be great. Yeah. Yes. In the moment. <laughs> So let me ask you, you mentioned 9-11 earlier and said that that changed things for you. Were you in the city, around the city on 9-11? I was in my studio, excuse me, in Montclair, New Jersey, about a half hour from the city. I was you know, able to see the smoke from the top of my building, but it was just <clears throat> like it affected most, all Americans. It was just, I don't know, it was, it was, it was life-changing. Um, I think I, I always like tell another funny story is how I, when I, when I think I had my moment where I completely changed. It was like the weekend after and I was sitting in like a little square in the town where a lot of us, a lot of artists would hang out and stuff like that. And we we're all obviously all upset and talking about what happened. And uh, I always remember this one, one girl saying to everybody, Oh, we're all going to go to the park today and we're going to light candles and we're going to send vibes over to Afghanistan. And I remember it's almost like I kind of snapped and I looked at her and I said, I said, send good vibes to Afghanistan. I said, no, we need to, uh, I don't know if I can say this, we yes. need to send fucking bombs over yeah. to Afghanistan. That's what we need to send. It was like, it was like, really? How do you well, think? You know, was that, it was almost that moment. That was my born again moment. That I just changed my. What was her reasoning know. for wanting to send good vibes to Afghanistan? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how they think. <laughs> you know, so that's a good that question. The weirdest that's response to 9-11 I have heard. I mean, outside of the <clears throat> terrorists like celebrating and cheering but you want you know why they're doing that right right yeah but, but like the, what what would make <laughs> well that's how kind of the i guess the left thinks sometimes is in my opinion yeah that's just yeah that's wow. it's, not always, it's not always logical and yeah it pisses you off and it's like okay okay well i, I don't think like this i'm no i'm not with these people anymore so like, isn't know. it wild that you could like i would have heard that on that day and thought well that's an isolated kind of crazy person you know, this person will never, that mindset will never take over this country. Like this person is going to just understand that soon enough. But no, isn't it wild charge. that that mindset has in fact taken yeah, that, over our, our country? No, it's wild. It's scary. It's, it's, it's just frightening. It's, it's very frustrating. That's why, why more, why we have to be outspoken more and that we can't be afraid, you know, of, yeah. uh, it's going to hurt whatever, but it's, we have to be concerned about what's happening in the country. It's, it's getting, this is the scariest time we've been in. You know, we're at the edge right now. So, you know, just and too many people in this country agree with this socialism or whatever, open borders and, and yeah. be, what they're teaching in schools. Don't even get me started on that. I know that's off topic from photography, but yeah, I, I can go on about that. That's that's to me very yeah. dangerous and insane and, and it makes my head explode. I would have never, ever, ever, ever imagined that we would be experiencing the things we've experienced the past no. few years. I mean, yeah, 10, ten years or ago, whatever, 15 going years ago. Where we're going now, right. yeah. Things that are going on now, people would have been put in jail for, rightly so. You know, with, Right. With, I, with I, we have just children. whip-flopped. Like, it's just right. crazy to me. But yeah, that right. is a whole other Yeah whole other tangent um, right. let me before we wind down here i see you posting often enough or a handful of times that you're looking for assistance or help or whatever it is are you having a hard time what are you finding in response to those ads because here you are one of the top photographers if not the top photographer in your industry in the hardest city and you're opening up an opportunity for somebody to come work with and learn yeah. from you. Are you getting flooded with responses or are you getting quality responses or what is, no. I, what well, I, I do, I have somebody I just started finally and she's, uh, you know, closer to my age and she's very, so far so good, but it's been very hard. Shockingly, like you said, you would think that it would be easy 
you know, not to brag, but you think maybe somebody might want to work. With you. you might think, you might think, yeah. yeah. But it's just the, the, a lot of the people, again, just la- either lazy, they don't want to work long hours, or they just uh, not responsible, flaky. I just, and I, you know, I would post and hardly get responses. It's like, it's like people don't want to work anymore or young people, I should say. It's, it's, it's very disturbing, you know? So yeah, no, it was difficult to get somebody and hopefully they're going to work out. So we'll see. But I have a, you know, other than that, I have a great team of assistants and makeup artists that have been with me for a long time. So I'm lucky there, but yeah. What would be your advice to someone who wanted to learn your, learn your, industry and mm-hmm. learn your area of expertise in your art. What yeah, just you know, my advice would be, you know, you can go to school, but that's, I, I went to school just to learn basics. And at the time it was still film, not digital. So it was black and white and darkroom stuff. Best way is to really go to work for a photographer, you know, be an assistant, watch them, um, maybe look at magazines or, you know, whatever, look at your favorite photographers, try to copy their style and try to learn from them. But then from that, you'll create your own style. That's what I used to do. I used to look at my favorite photographers and magazines and I try to copy them, but then I eventually got my own style. Uh, so it's really about basically doing and learning. You just keep shooting, you know, you, you play with lighting or whatever type of software you want to do. You just have to keep practicing and keep doing it. The school is only so much you can learn the basics, but you have yeah. to have the feel for it. You have to have the eye for it. So you have to just keep uh, keep shooting away. Keep shooting away. All right. Yeah. What about making it in New York City in particular? What are some nuggets you can offer people? Uh, you know, just, I don't know, specifically New York. I, I guess I was lucky. You know, I just, I was doing uh, a lot of things that was happening. I became, you know, I started doing a lot of the news people, a lot of the actors where they all are. Uh, so I'm just in the right place, I guess, for, for me. It's just, you know, just have to keep pushing and trying if, if that's what you want to do you got to keep going and showing your work and being confident and don't let a uh, negativity turn you down you know yeah. i you know i got people in the beginning said uh, one lady looked at my portfolio said no i would and she was a big she worked for cbs tv she was a publicist she looked at me and said nope i wouldn't use you she actually said it like that <laughs> I mean, wasn't, wasn't even polite about it he said nope i wouldn't use you and i'm like and you know that could bury somebody like right, say oh, right. oh my god i'm I must I've got a lot of the, I got a lot of those answers myself in the. <laughs> I know, yeah. Over the years, I've had so many of those. If they bother to get back to you at all, right? Exactly. So either they don't you know. get back to you, or they're just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know. But you just can't let that. You know, you make sure, like yeah. I said, it makes you stronger. You know. Yeah, I always yeah. like to, I always like to compare. Not that I'm comparing myself, but you like you hear stories of like, well, they told Elvis to go back to truck driving or or right. whatever. You know, so it's like you know, so people in high positions don't always know what's best not experts always so just yeah. if you think you're good at what you're doing just keep doing it excellent hopefully you'll, be, hopefully you'll be all right all right so this show is called flex your freedom and we've touched on a couple areas over it um, you know whether that is personal freedom professional financial emotional or freedom in the literal sense that is quickly dwindling in this country at least i feel it is and and it's at risk but I'm going to ask you, you know, what does, what does freedom look like for you? What does it mean for you? Freedom for me. Wow. That's uh, well, it's, it's the American dream, I guess, is, is what America is supposed to be about. Um, we should have freedom of speech, freedom of, uh, I don't know, just free, freedom is America. It's like, we have to keep to our old traditional values. We can't let, uh, it's not, certainly not socialism. It's, uh, it's not, uh, not leftist, uh, ideology that's ruining freedom it's not censorship a lot of censorship going on as we know 
Uh, we have to stop that. Uh, we got to be able to speak our minds. We have to be able to do what we want. We have to, we, we can't worry about what we say. Um, we, uh, we have to be able to criticize. We have to want what's best for our children, you know, and without being, uh, being labeled certain things or whatever. So just, yeah, you know, American values is what freedom is. That's, that's what it's all about, but we got to hold on to it because we're losing it. No, no lie there, man. Yeah. All right. So if people want to reach out, follow you, touch you, hire you, learn from you, whatever, all things Barry Morgenstein, how can they do that? Uh, you can go to my, my website, uh, barrymorgenstein.com. I'm on all over social media. Just look me up on Facebook, Instagram. Um, I'm on Twitter. After being banned for five years, I'm back. <laughs> so yeah so uh but yeah no i'm on social i'm on social media and i'm easy to find but my website and, and my my phone number is on on the side if you guys want to call me or email me but i'm always promoting on on facebook and instagram so i communicate on there a lot too so that's yeah. a true story i see you there frequently which is good yeah. which is good because right. you know it's good to no, be please. out there and just keep popping up on yeah people's. exactly Okay. All right, Barry, thank you so very much for taking the time. Thank you. With you us. It's been a fun conversation. Um, cool. I think people are going to be able to pull some insight and lessons from you and as well as maybe just kind of follow your lead a little bit and have some great. courage to stand up for what, what they believe in. That would be great. Thanks it was great so talking much. to you.